fought up by Smith or Fogarty, sorry, came across the side. Little chipping ball over the top. That's a push. Up high in Sear. Way on. That was more of a push than the last one. Curran steps around by Will Curran. The candy shop's open, ladies and gentlemen. That was Brianna Holland with the strong grab. Will stepping on authority. Gives it to Fisher who goes the barrel. What a goal this would be! We already have a contender goal of the day! Enters the 50, looking for Punton. Got two on one here. Two on one. Reed. She's a trusty left through. She shoots. She scores. Another goal, and it ignites the crowd here at OT Parker. Simon. What was the block by a point? High ball at the top of the goal square falls in favour of Poet. Turns around on the left. Delivering ball that Team Parkwood is playing. And they're in front here at HG Parker. Can you believe it? Gets turned off the screen. Davidson. Hillies off the mark. Picks up the club. Brilliant. Nicola Davidson is a superstar. Round five for Premier to second division and round two for divisions three and four is behind us after another remarkable weekend of EFNL Women's Footy. G'day and welcome to another episode of Deakin University Female Footy Focus. John Oven is my name and EFL, EFNL Media Manager Ryan Long joins me to unpack the weekend and games to come. G'day Ryan, how are we? Uh, thanks John, very good. Uh, thanks for having me again. Uh, big day last Saturday and you were out there at at uh, Mulgrave Reserve for for a couple of really big games that I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on today and um, you know off the top with Brooke Fox's uh, 300th game the only one of five women to to ever make that milestone is just a, a huge achievement and, and something um, something the the league is certainly uh, certainly very proud of and, and some someone to uh, admire in our competition which is fantastic and and getting the job done as well yeah it was. Uh... A fantastic day out at Mulgrave. We're going to cover that in a moment. But uh, as always, the round recap uh, will come first and then uh, we'll preview the weekend as we always do. But we'll start with uh, Premier Division in the round recap. Vermont Purple took on Donvale and uh, the theme for each week continues. Donvale couldn't get the chocolates uh, once again. Vermont Purple, 14-9-93. Defeated the Vales 1-1-7. And a big performance from Maddie Bizzano steered the ship uh, for Vermont, as well as Maddie Johns being uh, the best on ground um, for the Eagles. It's another one of those games for Vermont where, and indeed the competition where the usual suspects stand up. I mean, Vermont's depth has expanded even further um, with uh, Division 4 flag player uh, Nicola Janjinja joining the senior team uh, this weekend. I mean, that's pretty huge for Vermont, and they've got a lot of things to look forward to in the coming weeks. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and you can obviously look at someone like Maddie Johns, who she's had a, a really strong fortnight. Um, the last two weeks have been really impressive. And I think the big positive is that you know, they've got such a range of goal kickers on the weekend. Um Obviously, Bazzano kicked the four goals and Chamberlain kicked three, but uh, you also have you know another five or six names there who were able to hit the scoreboard in, in what was a, a big win for the club. And look, it's probably a bit of an indication of where both sides are at. And yeah, Donvale have come up the division with a, a different list as well, and, and that's going to be something to, to really adapt with over time across the season. But uh, really impressive from Vermont and, and you know, May Johns is probably one of those players that if she does get going and um, continues that form across the season, that's when Vermont can be really dangerous. So uh, big win for Vermont and uh, a lot of positive signs there. A captain's knock, it has to be said. The uh, the old saying in cricket goes uh, for, for Johns in this case. But where to for Donvale? I feel like it's... It is going to be a long season for them um, ahead, but do you reckon they take some positives um, from the weeks to come and indeed um, perhaps look as they uh, look towards, you know, the end of the season and how and how they go about it? I know it's only round five, but where do you think they're at? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to sugarcoat it. They're in probably a you know, a tough spot because it is such a hard division and you could easily see them if they, you know, were in a Division One competition, you could easily see them 
being really competitive and, and maybe a flag chance. I'm, I'm not too sure. But, um, I mean, next week's a, a big one against Mount Evelyn uh, at home back at Donvale Reserve, um, which I haven't played there for um, a couple of weeks now and have only played the one game at home. So that's an important one for them just to sort of have a bit of a response and then obviously they go into the bye then before um, another game at home against the Wolves. So I think about this year, you, you take away the, the wins column. You, you don't really think about that from a Donvale perspective. Uh, it's about what you can get out of the group and, and the development of their players and then seeing where this can build on from next year. Obviously, you know, they're not going to play finals, let's be honest, this year. Uh, but there's there's plenty you can take out of this season. And um, probably, ideally, you, you start to hit the scoreboard a little bit more in the next few weeks while also being able to, to limit the, the the big scores, which you know they, they copped the week before against the Eastern Devils. It's about learning and implementing new processes for a team like Donvale. And it is important from a football club point of view that you can sort of learn about things from, from big oppositions. And, you know, Vermont's no exception in that um, in that category in terms of big oppositions, especially when you're dealing with someone like Matty Johns. But what sort of things do you reckon there, um, sorry, in, in regards to the Vales, what sort of processes do you think Judging from that perspective, um, in regards to the scoreline, what do you reckon? What sort of processes might they be looking at for future weeks? Um, oh, it's it's a hard one. Probably probably not the best person there to answer this, but I, I think it's uh, ideally you just you just focus on internally uh, on, on your own plays, and it's not a you know mm. a. a not as much of a focus on on your opponents and, and what they're doing. You you learn a lot from the sides you play against. The really strong sides, Baroni and the Basin learned that first firsthand last year um, when they played. You know the likes of an Eastern Devils or a Mount Evelyn, um, even the Wolves, Vermont, South Croydon. They go go down in Division One and and now are just dominating yeah. um, with a few extra recruits as well. But they're dominating at that level. So. You just got to learn from from your losses. Take you know, take the um, the learnings out of that and and um, implement them in following weeks. Which I think they definitely can. It's it's it might be tough right now. We're uh, looking at you know the score lines each week and where they sit on the ladder. But uh, I think eventually in the end it all pays off. And that's if they can keep their group together, which is um, something I, I hope they can you know are able to do. Game two of Premier Division saw Mount Evelyn go up against South Croydon in the closest game for the round. And Mount Evelyn's best uh, performance of the year when we look in regards to the scoreboard in terms of um, the goal kickers and uh, best on. Unfortunately, we don't have the best for Mount Evelyn. Uh, but Bridie Burton and Mackenzie Adams had, well... I believe maybe two out of the five that was scored. Uh, but for South Croydon, it was Taylor Black with three, Heidi Salia and Bell Price with the singles. Um, I mean, if we look at the scoreboard briefly from from the weekend, it's really good, you know, reading from a football purist perspective. I mean, it was... Pretty neck and neck, you know, Mount Evelyn just inching very, very close. And uh, they couldn't, they just couldn't get the, like, the chocolates. They had it, they had a really, um, a really good um, second and third quarter. But, uh, I mean, still a lot to be proud of for, uh, uh, for Mount Evelyn. Yeah, I think it's one of those games where both sides can take a lot out of it. Um, certainly for Mount Evelyn, it's it's much better than the last two weeks when you, you talk about a scoreboard perspective. As you said, that's been something they've probably really struggled at uh, in the opening rounds, except for their their big win earlier. But um, uh, apart from that, they you know they were in front at, at three quarter time and um, made the most of their opportunities up forward, kicking five one at the end of the game rather than kicking you know zero goal seven as as they have done in a previous match. But for then you look at the dogs that. It's it's a big positive there that they were challenged, but they were still able to respond. Um, you know, being down at three quarter time and, and being able to, to fight their way out of a uh, a potential loss, which is something that you know 
good sides can do, especially when um, they're not playing at their best. They can certainly still win um, these sort of close games. And they sit pretty comfortably in, in second position. They're still um, ha- having a, a, an extra win over both Vermont and the Wolves in, in third and fourth. So they put themselves in a good spot. And um, the Wolves back next week is, is an important one before they um, host uh, the Eastern Devils shortly, which is going to really show us you know, exactly where they are compared to you know, a couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago. Notable inclusion I noticed for South Croydon was Cara Colborne-Veal. Now, she's uh, had a fair bit of um, VFLW experience of late, and uh, we saw uh, Christy Whitehead play uh, for the Borough on the weekend. She had 10 disposals. Uh, there's, there's something about seeing VFLW talent come down and, and, um, uh, and play. And it does a lot for teams' development, and I feel it really helps South Croydon. They... Um, like obviously they they had you know the usual suspects in you know Brooke Smith and Katie Prendergast stand up, but um, you know I guess Cara's um, addition it it helped them somewhat, albeit we don't like I wasn't there, so I wasn't yeah. uh, entirely sure what happened, but nevertheless a handy addition um, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent right, and and obviously yeah, we we weren't there to to see the game firsthand, but any time you can get that sort of experience, you know, VFLW, um, not just the quality of a player that can play at that level, bringing that into our league and and being able to play really well, but just the things they they can do off the field, it, it sort of with teachings uh, with some of the younger players as well, and um, even when you look at a, a South Belgrave perspective, someone like Olivia Flanagan who um, we, we saw in, in round one um, really talented play, which certainly helps um, having her available um, full time. Mm. And you know, when you when you can get that experience in, you you've just got to use it to to your advantage and and really um, really learn from a player like that. And and obviously they, I mean, they're a really talented side. And, and you mentioned Smith, um, Prendergast again, both both in the best. But uh, yeah, Taylor Black, you know kicks the three goals again, which is probably key in a, a low-scoring game. Um, and then some of their other players around them really really steps up um, when they're needed to, and that's a, a really positive thing for the club. Um, and, you know, Brenda Lay, mm. you know, Dara O'Toole, they've, they've got some really, really strong players there that uh, can certainly lead into what I think, you know, a, a potential premiership. I, I, I definitely think they're well and surely in the hunt for one this year. We move on now to what was the Deakin University match of the round from Saturday morning. The Eastern Devils took on Whitehorse Pioneers in uh, what might have been the first match of the round at Mulgrave Reserve for quite some time. And uh, the final score from that one was Eastern Devils 13-4-82, defeated Whitehorse 8-6-54. The Whitehorse Pioneers after that one, they just... I reckon they couldn't have been more prouder of themselves. They they were just, um, you know, over the moon with that. Um, you know, ju- judging by the response on social media, Ryan, you just sort of felt there were, there are a lot of great, um, I guess, emotions from uh, from that day and what the um, and what the pioneers took from that. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm glad you started with this because I mean I was only there live for the the start of the game, but. And I've seen bits and pieces off the the live stream, but I was really impressed with the pioneers and really competitive at, at stages in the game, and even owned some of the contests. You know, they were in top in certain parts. Probably should have been further up at quarter time. I, I think they actually trailed in the end, but um, they had majority of the play at the start of the game. And um, if it wasn't for a bit of inaccuracy, they they could have had you know a, maybe a one or two goal lead at quarter time, and then uh, obviously that third quarter kicks three goals to one, put themselves back into the contest. And to, uh, to be able to kick eight goals against a really strong defence in Eastern Devils um, is something they should be really proud with. And to be only, you know, within five goals at the end of the game shows just how far they've come as a club, um, which is something they should be certainly proud with. And obviously, you know, we've, we've spoken a lot about the Eastern Devils in um, recent weeks. I'm sure you'll be able to, to touch on this shortly um, with who played well on the weekend. But... Uh, to to compete with them for four quarters to you know you looked at that second quarter is the one where 
you know, the Devils go on and kick seven in a row mm. or, or, or roughly about that, that's when, you know, a lot of sides start to buckle and, and that's it and that's when it can blow out. But to their credit, they they just kept going and actually won the second half. So there's a lot of positives to take out and, and something they can bring into next week and, and following weeks when um, they do play some other opponents. I think they've got Vermont around the corner. You'd, you'd certainly back them to have a, a, a real crack at, at winning a couple of those games. Absolutely. Let's have a look at the uh, the numbers from the game. The goal scorers for the Devils, it was Nicole Price with three, Ellie Butcher with three, Shelley Beggs with three, Chloe Hunt with two, Sarah McNamara with one, a kick from downtown that was absolutely magnificent. Ash Allsop with the hashtag Save the Dribble, a dribble kick specialist she's now become amongst other things um, in her football uh, CV, the best players for the Eastern Devils, Jazz Harrison, Nicole Price, Ellie Butcher, Smashang, Gemma Owen, and Nat Beal. And now the interesting thing about that was I really enjoyed watching the uh, the ruck contest between uh, Nat Beal and and uh, and Phoebe Joy. I think that was fantastic. We'll get to talk about that in a minute. For Whitehorse, the goal scorer is Sienna Tallaridi. She got one goal just off a simple handball and just let it roost, and that was magnificent. Margaret Kershaw with two. Maya Stobie with two. And a goal to Monique Trussler, which was one of the goals of the game for mine. But as I said, um, there are a lot of great things um, in regards to how Whitehorse went about it. And love to watch. I mean, every single one of those best players, you know, Monique Trussler, just around the ground. Iona Cameron as well. Fantastic. Phoebe Joy in the ruck against Nat. And I feel like, I feel like Phoebe Joy actually won the day in a sense, in the rut contest. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I, I, I thought she really performed, you know, pretty well from from what I saw. And it just a, a question for you, do you, you look at the first five weeks for, for the Devils sitting sitting on top, or do you think, despite having, you know, they're probably, I think they're, they're roughly about 100% more than that second place, but after seeing on Saturday and seeing what Wildos could um, sort of bring to the table... And then, obviously, South Gordon were pretty close. Do you think this is maybe a bit of a, a closer division than what we probably originally thought, despite the Devils um, you know, going undefeated into the bye? I want to say now it is, because I think now Whitehorse have that performance under their belts. It's all smiles going into the next few weeks, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, like I, like I know I put Whitehorse a second, and, well, look, they, they may not finish there, but... There's a lot of optimism after that performance. One thing I will say, though, um, in regards to the Devs, is Ellie Butcher. <laughs> she kicked three goals. She's normally a defender, so the first uh, the first goal she had, I was like, "All right," and then she went on to kick three, and um, that was a surprise uh, magnet uh, shift by the coach. And uh, I think it worked. Yeah, yeah, well, it certainly did. And obviously, you know, discovering other options up forwards always pretty handy and uh to have three goals of the game was uh, a good result for for her sake and um i think just but just looking at some of the names that you know in the best there and price has had a great start to the season mm. um olivia ang was the the one i saw that i was really impressed with the way she went about it um and, and just and on that ryan yeah she was absolutely flattened by georgia fisher at one stage yeah she got up took the free kick had a bit of a spell on the bench, and then she just came out and uh, just had a fantastic game, as she normally does. She's extremely courageous, as I said, heaps heaps of times on the match of the round. That's why they call her Smash. She's just in and around the footy, copping knocks and just shaking them off, and it was just uh, fantastic to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And then, obviously, of, of course... Yeah, having having um, the likes of Beggs and Allsop, but Allsop didn't you know hit the scoreboard as much this weekend. But you know, having having that sort of talent up forwards always going to be uh, really hard for any opposition side to stop. So, in saying that, I although I do think it is a bit closer than we thought, they're still absolutely going to be the side to beat this year. And the SBL Wolves had the bye. We'll move on to Division One. Let's go to Beaconsfield versus Knox. Knox win out 5-7-37, defeating Beaconsfield 3-4-22. Katie Angelus again 
for Beaconsfield with uh, a decent uh, bag with two snags, but uh, it was uh, Rebecca Leah winning the day in terms of the goals with three. Taylor Prentice and Race Mactia had singles for the Falks. And I just feel that, well, Beaconsfield, uh, certainly one of those teams similar to North Ringwood that are learning um, things still and developing those processes. Um, and as such, do results matter at this stage in the season? I feel as if they perhaps may not, and they might just be an afterthought for the moment. Yeah, I think so. I, I, you know, probably for them to, to get a win last week was, was the important thing. Um, because they had been playing some pretty competitive footy and was showing some some positive signs, so you tick that box. Uh, your host Knox, who are, are going to be a really tough side to beat this season, and I think I may have even I can't remember now, but I think I may have even tipped Beacon Sealed after the way they've been going about it and um, back at home. And it's probably credit to Knox because um, down at home park, it's a it's a pretty tough ground to play, and there's never usually massive scores kicked there, so they'll be pretty happy with that performance but um, also more importantly for them it gives them a comfortable gap ahead of North Ringwood in, in uh, a fifth but for Beaconsfield yeah I, I don't think you'd be too stressed out on, on um, you know the, the the four points at the end of the day on, on each game they they'll probably back themselves in to beat the likes of Ringwood and Chernside Park and then just showing signs when they do play the, you know a Knox or a North Ringwood um, park orchards as they did earlier this season and um, you know and also then learning from you know the likes of the Basin and Bronya which uh, they've already faced as well so I still think they're in an okay spot but it's it certainly for Knox it's a it's it's just an important four points for them because it really does put a bit of a gap between them and North Ringwood. Speaking of North Ringwood, they played the Park Orchard Sharks. The final score from that one, 3-5-23. The Saints defeated by Park Orchards, 10-7-67. Now, in the words of Shane Crawford, that's what I'm talking about. That's the Park Orchards performance that we've been waiting for for a fair while um, with, you know, Izzy Pollock and uh, Georgia Livingston just, you know, as they do best. Fantastic effort by Livingston with the four goals, and I think Izzy Pollock had a uh, a single as well. And uh, not only that, I I think she was the um the best on ground, and that in itself, it's just a big booster for him, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and and obviously the stars have clearly stood up for the Sharks there, as you, you listed. Pollock's been um, a really fantastic player, Livingston. McCorfey also, you know, hitting the scoreboard a couple of times uh, with a couple of goals there. Um, and we know how good Alana Bowl is. So they've got a lot of talented players. And, um, you know, just looking at, at their list there of, of, of whose who's listers is their best on, it's, you know, it's no surprise to see those sort of names listed there. And, and Hutchinson's um, uh, was in their best on Saturday as well. So at their, at their full strength side, and I think a lot of us thought they'd be a real potential for a grand final this year. And I still think they're they're in the hunt for that. They're they're definitely you know the the third best side I think in the division right now. Mm. Um, and it is a strong win against a North Ringwood side who I still think are, are, are really strong and still think a finals competitor. Um, and, and similar to them, you, you look at it probably their their four or five best players. Sort of seem to feature in the best quite frequently, um, you know, Rice and and Rhodes and, um, and and Dean there again. So yeah, look, you yeah, some of their stars are, are certainly step up, um, and it, it is a, a you know probably a, it's a it's a hard ask when you you've got um, someone a team like Park Orchards and and when they get into form they're a really hard side to stop. But you know, at the end of the day, it was only 44 points. I think that was probably similar sort of margin to when they played them last year off the top of my head. So I don't know if they – they I don't think they've dropped off as such. It's just they're playing some really tough sides in this division. The, the one loss that will bother them is probably the Knox one because they had that lead at um, half time and probably had the game pretty close to being iced. And um, Knox is probably the, the team they've got to really compete against – for that, that final spot in the fall. But uh, in saying that, they, North Ringwood, they've got Beaconsfield next week at home. So 
not an easy talent, uh, not an easy task there. But if they play their best, get a win there, they they can get their season you know back on track. I'm looking at the ladder here and. Uh, as you say, there is Park Orchards uh, in third spot. In fourth spot's Knox, and they're two games ahead of North Ringwood and Beaconsfield, both on just the one win. And I feel like if the Falks weren't two games ahead, I feel like maybe once again you'd see North Ringwood and Beaconsfield, at least one of them, sneak into the four. Um, and I, I think, you know, given in the early stages of the season, you know, the ladder's nowhere near set. So who knows, you know, what's to come from the Falcons. But I feel like I can still see North Ringwood and Beacons... Sorry, North Ringwood or Beaconsfield maybe sneak in. And looking at this in the early stages, who do you reckon comes in? If it- uh, out, of, out of those two, North Ringwood and Beaconsfield? Yeah. Oh, I think North Ringwood, um, and looking at the percentage too, that's always a, a key indicator at this time of year and... They're, they're above the 100 mark, so 104%. Beaconsfield a bit lower at 58, and then um, Knox sitting in fourth is, is at 95. So if they can just sort of pinch a couple of wins here, get on a bit of a roll, I can easily see them fitting into to fourth spot. Um, looking at the size they've, they've played already, they were they only lost to, to the Basin by four goals, and we've seen what the Basin can, can do to, to a few of these sides, and they just really tear apart, tear apart teams. Um, and obviously, you know, the loss against North Ringwood would have been frustrating. Uh, the loss against Knox, apologies, um, would have been frustrating for, for the Saints because they, they really did have control of that game early. But um, other than that, they've been, you know, still pretty competitive for a, a side that's only won the one game. I, I think they're definitely well and truly in the hunt to, to um, play finals this year. So, and actually, looking, sorry, just I've just had a look at their fixture here. Their, their next three, Beacon Sealed, Ringwood, Churnside Park. So, I, I think they'd go into favourites for three all wins. three games. So they could be back to um, four and four compared to to what their one and four is. But they've, you know, we can't think too far ahead. They 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 do have to win those games, which will be key, and and that starts next week. At a Tormore Reserve, it was Baronia Brown over Ringwood, nine nineteen seventy three to Ringwood Zip, and. Uh, a big performance from uh, Simone Stubbley with three goals, Amanda Davidson, Paige Dean, Delta Greenalge, and Rachel Slater with singles. Now, I feel like given the conditions out at Mulgrave and perhaps given that you sort of live out there, uh, Ryan, out towards that way, do you reckon conditions were a bit of a factor in that game? Um, yeah, actually, I did have that in my notes there because um, looking at the, the game at Tormore, Later that afternoon with Baronia Ringwood, uh, Ringwood in the senior men's, um, I think a, a couple of those sides had uh, an 0-7 quarter or 1-9 quarter. So there was, uh, I'm assuming, a bit of a, maybe a bit of a wind tunnel there um, and conditions may have played a, a bit of a factor. Uh, I could be completely wrong. I'm not, I'm not too sure. And looking at that, nine, nine goals, 19, I would suggest that might, might have played a, somewhat of a role in that. Again, it's just a, another strong win for them to, to be able to keep Ringwood to um, to to no score for the entire match is pretty impressive. And, and Stubbley's become a, a pretty reliable goal kicker for the Hawks, which is important. You know, Rachel Slater only kicks the one. Um, you know, last year probably she needed to kick four or five for him to to get over the line in some of those wins. But you're not relying on her every week. You've you've really got a uh, a full squad here who. Um, all play a role and and do it really well, and it's going to really set themselves up for a big challenge next week when uh, they host the Basin. A big score line. Speaking of the Basin, to conclude uh, the Division One recap, the Basin Red played Churnside Park. Churnside Park only scored one goal to the Basin, 29 goals, 7, 181. 11 of those goals came from Danielle Brotto. Seven of those came from Julia Baker. And there was another multiple goal scorer in Naomi Linosia. And, well, there was also Lily Murrell and Candace Carroll as well. And also Jamie Monk, let's not yeah, forget. there's a lot. The mate. only <laughs> single was from Brooke Priest. Couldn't quite manage a second maximum. Now, I mean, look, where do we start from this one? I mean, obviously, there's a, there's a big difference in you know, the, the top of the division with the bottom 
um, here, and, and obviously, you know, anyone is going to struggle when you've got Brotto and Baker mm. up forward. That's just a nightmare for any defender, um, re- any defence really. Um, you know, to kick eleven goals in a game is is big. Um, that that's phenomenal for from her, and it, it's a really it's a really hard duo there to break up, and obviously they they get a lot of um, uh, contribute. You know. A lot of can you know a, a lot of help from the midfield with the the delivery inside fifty and um, you know defensively they're just as strong as well. You only been able to to give away just the one goal for the entire game while having thirty six scoring shots themselves. That they are a side that can just really score fast and you saw that in that that first quarter fifty six to to nothing and um, it's, it's just going to be a really hard side to to beat. But you know we get. First hand, look at it next week um, with the uh, the Bears and Hawks. I I think you know off the top of my head, I'll, I feel like the Basin probably had maybe a slightly better start to the season, but um, both their percentages eight hundred and sixty six, six hundred eighty nine. I don't know where that game goes at the moment. Um, it'll be certainly interesting to see. I think, as I said, I think with you know the likes of Brotto and, and Baker, they're Really, really tough to stop. So that's the only reason I'm sort of leaned towards the Bears a little bit more. We've spoken about the long year ahead for sides like Chernside Park and indeed Donvale in the in the Premier Division. And um, what do you reckon? And I'd love to, you know, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in those in those sorts of you know um, interactions where they talk about a post game scenario and what they take from these games because it would be really tough there's there's no doubt about it and I guess through tough times you know a team can build and Chernside Park I feel coming into the season might be an example of that yeah I think so obviously yeah no no one likes to lose and no one likes to to sort of cop those sorts of um losses where it's it's just completely one-sided and you know it's 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 hard playing four quarters of that um in saying that i don't know what the you know, the scenario is down at the club i think they've you know looking at their list here they've they've had probably five or six players that have been able to play all five games um and then you've got a lot a lot of others there who've um uh only managed you know one two or three i don't know whether that's due to injury or, or whatnot but you know, that always makes it a bit more challenging as well. And you look that obviously, you know, they're learning experiences um, and they've got to probably look at the the games like they the round one one against Ringwood as, as an opportunity to get a win on the board. They weren't far away then. They only lost by, I think, you know, a goal or two. So probably shows you, you know, where they're at with the, their, you know, Ringwood's probably a similar side in, in strength-wise and, um for for their sake, yeah. You know, when they get Ringwood again, when they get Beaconsfield next time, those are the sort of the games you probably really build up to to try and get a win. But um, again, you know, it is a learning experience. I know it's tough. Uh, you know, I did. You know, play, I, I played in a lot of bad sides um, uh, when I used to play, and you never like to lose by um, those sort of margins. And so I can sort of relate on on that part, but. You look, you just you just got to continue on. Yeah, it's it's just football, isn't it? It is indeed. We move on to Division Two. We start with East Burwood taking on the Waverley Blues. The Waverley Blues won nine six sixty to five six thirty six. Cecilia Boldasser restricted to two goals in what might be a season defining win for the Waverley Blues. Now they've had an interesting start to the year. Lost against sides that have really. Um, stood up, you know, one of them obviously East Ringwood who just, you know, they they took him to task. They really did. There's no doubt about it. But I feel against a, such a great side in East Burwood, it really means a lot to the Waverley Blues. Yeah, it does. And, and you'd probably be able to, to touch on this better having seen uh, East Burwood live. But um, to be 4-1 and one coming back into the competition after, you know, a few years out of it, it is really impressive from the Waverley Blues. And you know, we, we saw them against East Ringwood and East Ringwood are clearly the benchmark of the division and, and by quite a, a fair distance. But even just some of the little things we saw from them, you know, a few glimpses from certain players we could see, 
you know, why they would be a really strong side against the other teams in the division. Um, you know, you know, someone like a, a, a Felicity Nelligan in the ruck is just, there's just so much experience there, you know, obviously with their best and fairest as uh, coming across from Kill's side. Um, having her lead the way there as an assistant coach is really important. And then they've got some goal kickers in, you know, Flood and Hull again combined for seven this week. They're both in the top five, I think, in the um, leading goal kickers. So that's always important when you when you do have um, those players who can uh, hit the scoreboard and do it quite frequently. And then obviously defensively, they were able to keep someone like Boltisair to just the two after a couple of really big weeks um, for, for the Rams. And that would probably speak volumes of of the way they've, you know, gone about it. They're set up down back, um, you know, Kreovac was was someone we noticed um, in the game against uh, East Ringwood that played really well down back, and they've got some good players there. So, uh, look, they'd be um, really looking at a final series at the end of this season, I think, the, with the way they're going at the moment, four and one, um, and a couple of their other wins have been by a big margin. So, but this is probably their most impressive because it's a, a, certainly up against a tough opponent. It's just so huge for them. Speaking of big margins, East Ringwood took on Surrey Park. And uh, as the old saying goes, no holds barred, if you will. The East Ringwood ruse, 11-13-79, defeated Surrey Park. Just the one behind. Eight goals combined for Nicola Davidson and the, and the two Thompsons. Um, I mean, you know, <laughs> premiership favourites at this stage um, are the ruse for mine. And... Uh, Surrey, um, just, I mean, I'm not sure what to, how to look at that. Um, sometimes a team just has a blip, and I think that was probably the um, the case for the Surrey Park Panthers on uh, Saturday morning. Yeah, potentially, or or we're just looking at a side that is just um, streets ahead of their, their competition at the moment. They're just playing, you know, really, really well. Um it's hard to tell. I haven't seen Surrey Park play live over the last couple of years, but um, uh, you know, to to knock off the second team uh, on the ladder by by that sort of margin, keeping them to just the one point is is um, is massive. And obviously, at, at half time, probably could have been a bigger margin, kicking the four goals, ten the ruse to um, keeping Surrey scoreless. Um, and then just with the scoring power they've got, uh, Davidson and um, obviously both Thompsons. Uh, you know, to kick only three for Haley, that's a um, it, that's a quiet game for her. Um, on the system, her perhaps. Yeah, and um, obviously, you know, Gable Land listed as their best player on Saturday. She was really good um, when we saw him live. Uh, same with Belo and and Wotherspoon in the ruck. Assuming she she played in that position again um, is really key with the uh, the helping them get center clearances and um, it's just a, a, a phenomenal side at the moment, which. Uh, just steamrolling through everyone, and obviously next week's game against Heathmont, will you'd have to imagine would be a uh, a pretty one-sided affair off, based off um, their results this season. Judging by the best players, and again, it's one of those things where you didn't see the game, so it's a little bit hard to comment, and it's somewhat unfortunate to um, point out that you know the likes of Paris Isaac's done for uh, the Panthers. She's been really good in in um in previous weeks, um for them also featuring in the uh, the team of the week, um a bit and look she's been impressive down back but unfortunately no match for the ruse. Yeah, and it's just I mean obviously it's it's hard to tell because if you looked at the scoreline of the East Ringwood Waverley Blues games, um where where you know the Waverley Blues only kicked the I think the one goal and the mm. East Ringwood were. Um, you know, well over that hundred point mar- margin, you would have thought. You know, it, although it was one sided, there were certainly big signs there for the Waverley Blues, and it was just being able to capitalise it up forward. And that's probably a, a, a little thing that you know flies under the radar is just how strong East Ringwood are in, in the back five and in, in the defensive half of the ground. Very hard to score against, um, and, and then obviously we we know they can score big themselves. So, it, it, you know, maybe. Surrey Park had some chances themselves. It, obviously, you know, looking at the scoreboard doesn't look like it, but you know, not being there, maybe it was a little bit different. But 
it's just uh, we're just watching a, a really good side at the moment that have, have really gelled well together and um, that they were very close to winning a flag last year against Knox. We're in front of that game late, I think in that third quarter, and um, you, we've seen obviously Knox be a contender, uh, you know, a contender there for for um, a Div One final spot. So. That's that's the side you're dealing here with here with East Ringwood. They're just really really strong, and um, it's going to probably take a few more weeks to to see where the chink in the armour is. Quaid North Amlock took on Heathmont, and the Kangarams won out in their first win of the season. A big win for them. Five ten forty defeated the Jets to seven nineteen, and that does a lot for a club, doesn't it? It is fantastic to see a team get their first uh, first win. If we can have a look, Brittany Gretsch with five goals, if you don't mind, and the best on ground, no doubt. She's one of those players where it, we love to talk about her, don't we? Because she's um, she's just a great player. Oh yeah, she is, and certainly probably had to step up this year with you know a few of their outs in, in someone like uh, you know obviously Zapier is one that we've talked about. Um, is not there this year. Uh, Jeeves is not there. So uh, certainly that takes away a lot of their scoring power and, and someone like Gretsch has clearly has stood up on the weekend kicking five, their, their, all five of their goals and they were inaccurate too, five goals, ten. So probably had a few others there that had some opportunities in front of the uh, the big sticks. But it's, it's big for the club. Um, a very different side to what they had in last year, um, playing that grand final a lot of different players um, and to to come away with a win at home, especially in that first half, the 36-2 at halftime, um, they would have been you know really up and about at halftime and although they didn't kick another goal in the second half, they were still able to hold off Heathmont um, who kicked the two goals five in, in the second half. So for them, their, their season's off and running, uh, which, is, which is fantastic for the club. It takes a lot to hold on for 40 minutes of footy and still win a game. Yeah. That is that is just massive. Um, unfortunately, no one got the uh, chocolates in the game between Montrose and Blackburn. A highly anticipated one for mine where I just felt the Burners might be able to get the wood over the Ds and no one uh, managed to get the four points. The points were shared 2-5-17 apiece. The S-Licks combining uh, for um, a close-to-best-on performance. Unfortunately, we don't know much about uh, what Blackburn did. But nevertheless, a proud performance from them to keep uh, the score at bay. Emily Harley returned to the side on on this occasion. But, uh, yeah, we'd just love to know uh, the best-on for, you know, for every game. It's It's pretty important, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it, it's always helps when you you get to see that um, for each side in the divisions, and and there's a few teams that um, haven't put them up this weekend again. But uh, interesting result. I, I thought both are be pretty evenly matched, and maybe not. I wasn't thinking a draw, but even in that last quarter, there it was it was impressive by Montrose to be able to get themselves back in the game, and um, you know seven points down at three quarter time kept Blackburn to just the one behind and were able to, to even the scores up in, in what should be, you know, we looked at East Ringwood, obviously, yeah, at the top is, um, you know, streets above the rest, but from maybe, you know, Surrey Park probably seemed to be that second tier side, but then from, you know, third to, to six, it, it is really even. So there's certainly a, a lot of spots there that um, are up for grabs come uh, August this year and, both sides of these, both of these sides can play finals at their best, uh, I think. Um, and for Blackburn, um, despite only having the the one win and the draw next to them, they're still only a game outside that top four. So uh, certainly, certainly um, a chance. And and it's for them, it's just so much more improvement from from where they were last year. And um, a lot of that does have to go back to to the coaching as well with Trendy. Division 3 now, and we'll start off with the SBL Wolves, who took on Vermont Gold. The Eagles couldn't score, but 
SBL scored 15-16, 106. A big performance from them and announcing themselves as a contender in Division 3. I mean, I suppose two weeks in where in a six-team competition, it's a very even one for sure when you're looking at the reserve sides, especially the Eastern Devils, I mean, and indeed Vermont, but unfortunately they uh, couldn't get uh, the chocolates on, on that occasion. Um, but yeah, SBL, Vermont, um, South Croydon, and indeed the Basin. Um, but yeah, 106, it's a big, uh, it's a big margin. Um, and, uh, a lot of multiple goal scorers just to the tune of two, but nevertheless, a big performance for, uh, the Wolves. Let's move on to the Basin Red. They took on South Croydon, a brutal performance from the Dogs, 22-7, 139 defeated, one one seven the Bears so a win away from home it's pretty good for the the uh, the doggies and um, they seem like come finals they'll be joining their senior counterparts yeah yeah certainly and um, just to add on the uh, scoring there because it, it's not up on game day but Rosanna May also kicked eight goals um, uh, along with Zenu uh, um they both kicked eight, so I'm not sure why that isn't up on game day. So we will sort of follow that, uh, follow that, um, and see if we can get that updated on there. But uh, yeah, 22 goals um, kicked in the afternoon is is really impressive, and uh, I think they're probably you know looking at their form here and the the form of the sides in those three grading games, South Court and probably the side to beat, and it's probably one of the reasons why they're doing so well in. Um, uh, the Premier Division as well. You've got so much depth at the club that um, really, really helps you out. So uh, they're a club that's flying at the moment, Jono. Indeed they are. And last but certainly not least, history was made out at Mulgrave Reserve. The Eastern Devils Black took on Kilsyth. It started out with one of the biggest guards of honour you'd ever seen in your life. Even the White Horse Pioneers joined in on that one. And uh, you can see the history-making footage on our social media where Brooke Fox, president of the Eastern Devils and just all-round legend, burst through that banner on a very significant milestone for her. The final score from that one, 7-3-45. The Eastern Devils defeated Kilsyth by 5.6-4-40. It all came down to the last few seconds which again you can see on our social media ryan i'll get your thoughts on that one first what did you make of the footage well um uh apart from you running running out on the ground there to to <laughs> capture the moment which is <laughs> what first caught my but it was just a bit it was a bit um you know storybook ending you know to, to have her um foxy with the ball in hand on the siren and throwing it up in the air uh was um, was was really the you know the the perfect ending to a a, a phenomenal day for the Eastern Devils and um, for Foxy, who's um, obviously as we said, just the, the fifth woman in in the state to um, to play that three hundred game milestone, which is just uh, just incredible. Um, and to get, walk away with a five point win against some really strong opposition in Kilsyth is. Um, certainly a, a day uh, the club will remember for, for a long time and um, a, a fantastic contest between two sides that I think are going to be really up there come the end of the season. I mean, it was just, well, a fantastic effort from Ree Hines to kick three and another best on ground performance from uh, from Simwiragoda. And, well, she's one of those players we, we, we touched on um earlier in the year, her first game, along with um, Ari Munyard. Um, yeah, again, Sim, she's just one of those players where she came from soccer, and yet she's done pretty well. Good to see Holly uh, Johnson as well. And, of course, the one and only Brooke, Brooke Fox in the uh, the best six in the eyes of the coaches. And, uh, again, Villarreal with three goals. and So a big performance from her and... Again, just one of those Kilsyth players to stand up and be a usual suspect. We'll say that phrase over and over again. Yeah. But there's no other phrase to use, to be honest, is there? No, and, and just, you know, credit to him. And, you know, I've, I've watched that, you know, last few minutes a, a couple of times and they were really pushing. They, they kept going back inside 50. 
um, uh, you know, the, the Devils' back six uh, or back five were under so much pressure to, to hold up um, a, against a kill scythe attack and had that shot on goal, which um, was it was pretty close. It, 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 um, it was a very high kick and sort of just fell right in the goal square where it was able to, to um, be rushed through for a behind. So uh, they're, they're very close in, in the way they're going, Killsyth, at the moment. Obviously, a big win last week against um, the Wolves, and we saw what the Wolves did this weekend. So th- there's no doubt this side's a, a finals team this year, I think, at their best. Um, and I, I think both sides are. I think, that, I think that's probably your top three. Um, I know Killsyth's sitting fourth at the moment, but I, I, um, I think that at full strength there, They've still got a lot of talented players that were playing in that uh, Division Two side last year, and you know, a Van Veen's one that obviously comes to mind. Um, Paige Hawker. There's some there's some good names in that list, and um, you know they'll match up well against a lot of these teams. Let's move on to Division Four then, and it starts with a very close one between Coldstream and Moralbark. Coldstream winning out two seven nineteen to two three fifteen. Another big performance from uh, Sophie Stark in the best on. Just, uh, well, just the two goals scored from, from either team, but nevertheless a close one. And just generally speaking, there's something in a close game like that where there's just sweet elation after getting a win after 80 minutes of footy in a very hard-fought contest. Yeah, definitely. And I think you'll notice probably throughout the year, it, it's it's a very hard side to uh, it's a very hard ground to score at out at Coldstream. It, it's such a, a big ground, so these are probably the the type of um you know that that low scoring tight tussle. You might get a few of those out of Coldstream Reserve this year, and um, certainly some some positive signs to take from both clubs. Um, I think Moorbrook is still well positioned. They had a really strong um, three weeks in grading. They take on Mitcham next week and. Um, back at home at, at Heights Reserve, which is a game I think they'll probably um, be able to get back um, to, to win that one and, and jump back into the top three. So uh, you're plenty to you know, plenty to look forward to from both sides. I, I think we'll we'll certainly see them play a couple more times potentially in the final. It was a big win for the Tigers against Fair Park at Fair Park. It was Mitchum. For nine thirty-three, defeating the home side for behinds, uh, just a massive performance in the scheme of things for the Tigers as uh, as Holloway and Coughlin combined for the four goals. And um, Mitchum are really starting to just get going, and it's great to see. Yeah, it's it's certainly different from the um, the opening three weeks in grading that a, a couple of. Uh, tough losses at the start and then um, I think it was that game against the base and they had so many scoring shots but weren't quite able to um, to make the most out of them and then obviously you know coming into now the the official division four they've won two in a row and and are looking you know much better again they had plenty of uh, scoring opportunities at the the 13 um, and were able to kick four goals so uh, a good signs there for for Mitchum and and Roscoe was was listed as their best player. Um, you know Holloway we saw last year um, a, a really talented player as well, and it's a, a bit of a different side looking at some of the names compared to what they had last year. Um, but there's still a lot of talent on that list that I think can certainly put them into the, the top half of the division at the end of the season. It was Nana Wadding who were well and truly victorious over Baronia Gold. 14-12-96, defeated 2-2-14. A big performance there from the Lions as uh, Stewart kicked four and uh, also Orca kicked three. So um, just a, yeah, a massive performance from them and uh, a sign of things to come as the competition starts to take shape. None of wanting sit in second and obviously Coldstream in, in first. So, you know, that's your top two and um, contenders for um, finals and, and even a premiership in the early stages. Um, we look at the score finally from uh, Warrandyte and Warning South, the final score there. It was Warrandyte by two points, 2-2-14 to 1-6-12. So a tight one for Warrandyte, but nevertheless they got the... Chocolates as 
uh, Greenhill and Colin Hall scored um, for them and just the one goal for the Devils. But nevertheless, they they kept the minute and it was a, a tight game in the end. Yeah, definitely. The two newer sides in the uh, competition for the Deakin University uh, Women's League here and um, a very close game between both of them. Um, you know, fantastic to see. And, and one turn of south kick and one goal six, obviously, Certainly have had some chances there, and um, I think they kicked the one goal three in that last quarter, so might have been pushing late for a potential win. But um, it's good to see them both being, you know, quite competitive, and even in their first rounds, um, you know, Wanny South only lost, I think, by you know two or three goals last week against Moorabark and um, uh, Warrandyte were really competitive against Nutter Wadding, which we can see what Nutter Wadding can do as well. So that shows you that they're not that far off the pace and. Um, you know, that oh, I wouldn't be surprised if the the Devils do get a, a win in the following uh, three or four weeks, and that would be um, massive for the club and and just how far they've come. It's time now for our round six and round three predictions. We'll start with Premier Division though, and it's the SPL Wolves to take on South Croydon in what will be a very hotly contested. Footy once again. We've seen both sides already in the match of the round. This time it's out at Belgrave South Recreation Reserve. Who wins that one? Uh, still South Croydon. I think it'll be closer than um, the final result at Cham Park in round one. But I still think South Croydon are, are one of the sides to beat in this division. So the dogs are me. Whitehorse Pioneers against Vermont Purple. This is going to be a close one. I'm going to say the Pioneers. I'm still going to stick with Vermont, but I think you're right. I think it will be quite close. And obviously after the um, Pioneers' performance on Saturday shows just how far they've come. But um, I'm backing in Vermont in a a close one there at Springfield. Donvale and Mount Evelyn. Now, this is one that we sort of touched on earlier where it may be closer than um, we're expecting. But Donvale will certainly take it up to them, but it'll be uh, Mount Evelyn for mine. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Mount Evelyn there. Um, just just can't quite see Donvale being able to pinch a win yet. But hopefully yeah, we, we um, come back at this time Tuesday next week and, and it's a close game and it's uh, a lot to discuss about. But Mount Evelyn for me. And Division 1, Park Orchards take on Turnside Park out at Domini. And uh, unfortunately have to go with Park Orchards. Yeah, I think Park Orchard's quite comfortably there at home. It's North Ringwood and Beaconsfield, two great rivals, I'll say, um, in the past uh, couple of uh, meetings and indeed last year uh, out at Comby. Um, who wins that one? I would have, le- I would have maybe even gone with Beaconsfield at home, but um, like I said before, I think North Ringwood are a real, real strong side that can certainly play finals still, and I think at Comby. Um, they'll get the job done by maybe two to three, maybe four goals. And Juby, it's Ringwood to take on Knox. The Falcons uh, under lights as well. Um, it's going to be a well. It's it's going to be a great one. Uh, Jubilee Park looks very, very fantastic and wonderful under lights. But it's going to be the Knox Falcons to uh, take the chocolates for mine. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, uh, we're there for the men's match of the day out at Ringwood, so might be able to hang around and, and see how that game goes. But I think Knox will be too strong for Ringwood there. And finally, the match of the round, the Deakin University match of the round to kick off our broadcast at about half past 10 this Saturday morning out at Tolmore Reserve. It's Baronia up against the Basin, 1v2. I reckon perhaps the most highly anticipated matchup in Division One, if not the entire competition, goes for this weekend. And uh, I can't put a finger on this one. Uh, it's probably going to be the Basin just, but I do seem like a bit of a big fan of Baronia, so I'd be backing them in as well. Can we just go for a draw? I don't know. Well. I wouldn't be surprised. At, I mean, this, you know, let's be honest, I think this is the biggest game of the round, uh, looking at all divisions. Uh, the two undefeated sides in, in Division 1, both have been, um, you know, very, very comfortably beating most teams in, in the competition. So, 
interesting at Tormor, um I'm, I'm, I'll give my tip on Saturday. <laughs> I'll be on the fence for now. All righty then. We'll move on to uh, Division 2. We'll start with the Waverley Blues up against Surrey Park at Mount Waverley. An early start, 10-9, to 9, but uh, I don't think that's going to phase either team. That being said, I'll still tip the home side. Yeah, I'll, yeah I'm going to tip Waverley Blues too. I, I think... Um, you know, it should be a, an interesting contest, and we'll probably know a bit more about both teams um, uh, come the, the end of the game. So we'll go to East Burwood Reserve for the game between the Rams and the Demons, Montrose to be exact, 9.30, another unorthodox time slot. Um, this one's going to be an interesting one, but I'm going to say that Cecilia Baldessera will return to form and Kick a few more, and uh, the Rams will get the win. Yeah, unless Boulder says not there, I, I think um, East Trevor is going to have too much uh, scoring power, um, and that might be the, the key difference between both sides. So East Burwood. Out at East Ringwood Reserve, it's the Roos against the Jets, and uh, it'll be the latter leaders for mine. Yeah, uh, East Ringwood. And finally, Blackburn up against Croydon North Emlock. Now, this one has a bit of intrigue. Yes, Croydon North are coming off a win. But uh, I think, you know, depending on what the side looks like for Blackburn, I think they might take it up to them, but it'll probably be the Kangarams again. Uh, yeah, I was, I was actually, I might actually go Blackburn at home. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll see their lineups on, on Friday if uh, they're at full strength and, and got everyone available. But. Um, just at Morton Park, I'm going to tip Blackburn in a close one. It's round three of the Division 3 and 4. And uh, to kick things off, we've got SPL up against South Croydon out at Belgrave South for the early start. It's going to be... Well, I mean, you've got two really great sides in terms of scoring capacity. So who wins this one? I think it might be just SPL just... Um, I'm going with South Croydon um, based off their first two performances. Uh, you know, obviously, both sides have kept Vermont to um, to no score, but I think they've got a bit more firepower, a little bit more, um, and I, I just think they're going to be probably the benchmark in this division maybe at this early stage. So South Croydon for me. Out at Pink's Reserve, it's Kilsyth against the Basin Red. Well, I think... Judging by the performance of uh, Kilsyth last weekend, I reckon they might bank the four points. Yeah, Kilsyth back at home, I think, uh, will be too strong for the Bears. Um, uh, I think it'll be maybe, maybe somewhat close, um, but I think Kilsyth have uh, proven to, to be pretty reliable. So I'll tip Cougars. And finally, I forgot to mention... As the Eastern Devils do take on Vermont Gold in Division 3, their senior side has the bye this weekend, but there's still, uh, if, you're a, if you're a Devils fan, there's still plenty of action still to come. Out at Vermont Recreation Reserve, it's Vermont up against the Devs. And uh, that's going to be an interesting one. Another edition of the uh, Grand Final rematch. And I think... Probably going to be the Devs. Yeah, I think the Devils get up um, quite comfortably. Very different side um, for Vermont that ran out last year is in the grand final. So um, oh, I think the Devils to, to get the job done there quite comfortably. Division four now, and we'll start with Coldstream against Baronia Gold out at Coldstream. Tough one for the Hawks. It'll be Coldstream. Yeah, yeah, tough one. Um, certainly, our cold term reserve. I, I think the, um, the the Cougars have show, showed plenty already in the start of the season. So cold stream for me. And Montana South have had a tough run of form. They they take on Nunawading, who are placed very well in the ladder to start off the competition. The two sides face each other out at Kunung Reserve at twenty to eleven. The Lions for mine. Yeah, not a warning at home, but um, wouldn't be surprised if one turn south put up a bit of a fight, but uh, Lions get the job done. It's the Mustangs against the Tigers at Heights Reserve, also at 22-11. 
I reckon Mitchum might uh, might go again. Uh, I'm I'm leaning towards Marlborough back at home. Um, we're pretty close last week. I think uh, looking at their form in the grading weeks, just a little bit better. So I'm going to go Marlborough. It's going to be a tight one between Fair Park and Warren Dyes at Wally Two Reserve on on this occasion. Um, I reckon the Bloods to bank another win and get consecutive wins on the board. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I think Warren Dyed have um, proven to be quite competitive in this division, a win last week, and um, probably haven't seen enough of Fair Park to know about them. So uh, I think Warren Dyed, yeah, to, to go back-to-back. So that concludes another episode of Deakin University Female Footy Focus. It's been an absolute pleasure to cover all the action in regards to the women's competition here in the EFNL. And uh, to to end the show, I'll have a little bit more to say about that. But, uh, Ryan, thanks for joining us again. No, any time, mate. I appreciate it. It's going to be another big weekend, and we'll do it all again next week. Indeed, we will. Thanks very much for that, Ryan, and indeed you, the listener, for tuning in to another episode of Deakin University Female Footy Focus. To end the show, let's head back to Mulgrave Reserve, where the Eastern Devils Division 3 players and supporters went all in to celebrate a huge milestone of club president Brooke Fox's 300th game with the singing of their club song. Until next time, it's bye for now. <laughs>